I didn't wear a tie because Travis never wears a tie. And now he's in a suit and tie. So if you like to suit, if you'll text khaki to 623-623. I am not a morning person. And I assure you that when the alarm clock went off this morning, my first words were not, the Lord has risen. It was, oh no, it can't be 5.30, but here we are. And I, I am very, very glad you are here, and I trust you will be praying for the rest of our Easter services this morning. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting day because this is kind of the first Easter past COVID, and so we have no idea what to expect, and uh, we're hearing that a lot of people just can't wait to get out and go somewhere. So we are anticipating um, who knows what. But your prayers and, and, and thoughts would be uh, greatly appreciated. When the boys were little, some of our best stories come from the time when I would take the boys Christmas shopping for Jeannie. They would be in school. School would have that last half day before the Christmas holidays. I would pick them up. We would go to lunch, and we would spend lunch planning all the places we had to go to get all the things that we wanted to get for Jeannie, for Mom, all the things that they had been thinking about. So we'd spend the rest of the day shopping. Some of the funniest stories we have come out of those moments. Now, the rule was for the boys, while we were shopping, they had to hold on to my pockets. That way, I would know where they were. Now, if you are a parent of toddlers, you know it takes about that long for them to be gone, gone, gone. So as long as I could feel the pressure on my pockets, I knew where they were. Because we'd be looking at different things, and I wouldn't always have my eye on them, but I could feel the pockets. Well, I was paying for something, and I felt a pocket go slack. And true to his word, I turned and couldn't find one. Now, you're thinking that my first thought was, oh, no, I have lost a child. No, my first thought was, I'm going to have to tell Jeannie I, I've lost a child, and, and she won't let me in the house with just one kid. So we began to look for the stray son, and finally I find him. He's four or five rows over, and he's looking down every aisle, stepping over and looking down an aisle while I call his name. And he turns, sees me, and he runs. And as he's running, he's screaming, Daddy, Daddy, I've been looking for you. Everybody in the store looks at me like I have abandoned this poor child. And I feel like explaining, no, no, I was standing over there, and I told him to stay, and he left, and he ran, Daddy, Daddy, I've been looking for you. No. I was looking for you. I wasn't lost. You were. Mary screams out, Jesus, Jesus, we've been looking for you. And all these years later, we 
gather around the empty tomb and say the same thing. Jesus, Jesus, we've been looking for you. But Jesus isn't the one who's lost, is he? We'll pick up the story in the middle of John chapter 20. The resurrection story begins with verse 1 in chapter 20. The women appear at the tomb. The tomb is empty. They go tell the disciples. John and Peter run to verify that the tomb is indeed empty. And for some reason, John, the writer of this gospel, has to tell us that he is faster than Peter. One of the things I have with evolution is we haven't evolved all that much. Guys are still guys. And in the middle of the greatest story that John will ever tell, the first thing he has to tell us is, I'm faster than Peter. The disciples leave. Mary Magdalene states, stand with me now as we pick up the story. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she was crying, she stooped to, to look again into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and one at the other at the feet. And they said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I will come and take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I've not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father, to your Father, to my God, to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them everything that Jesus had said to her. And Jesus said to her, Mary, this is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray together. Will you appear to us just like you did to her? Will you call us by our name just like she did, you did for her? And like her, may we leave this place saying to anyone who will listen, I have seen the Lord. And we pray this in your name. Amen. You ever had one of those days where it just piles on one thing after another? where Mary and the followers of Jesus had been having such a time when just one bad thing fell on top of the other. There didn't seem to be any relief. 
there didn't seem to be any letting up. It just went from bad to worse to worst. They had gathered in the upper room where Jesus had shared the Passover meal with them. No one at the time understood that Judas had already betrayed Jesus. There was a deal made with Jesus and the political and religious leaders that at a particular place, at a particular time, the soldiers would show up and Judas would point Jesus out that it happened in the garden just a few hours after the supper. And Jesus was grabbed by the soldiers and he disappeared into the system. His followers scattered into the night. Some followed close enough to watch, but most just simply disappeared. We don't have all of the details of what happened to Jesus in those hours that followed. We have some of them. He was tortured beaten so that if you did not know him, you probably would not have recognized him. Parts of his beard were pulled out, his face bloody and swollen, striped by the blood that ran down his face from the crown of thorns as the soldiers had pressed down onto his forehead. Pilate uneasy dealing with a religious matter, had sent him over to King Herod. After all, King Herod was supposed to understand the Jews. Herod sent him back. Pilate unable to convince the crowds or the religious leaders finally released Jesus and told the crowd to do with Jesus what they would. Jesus was tortured some more, marched outside the city, and nailed to a cross. Railroad spikes were driven through his wrist and through his ankles. Those spikes were then driven into the wood of the cross that held Jesus. It seemed nature itself was embarrassed to see the death of its creator. And the sun went dark. The hours of Jesus on the cross had ticked by like days. And finally, mercifully, Jesus was dead. Now I know there are skeptics who write articles every Easter that tell us that we can't believe the story of the resurrection because Jesus probably wasn't dead. Oh, no. He was dead. The Roman soldiers were professional killers. If there had been any doubt in their mind about the success of their mission, they would have made sure. The women showed up Sunday morning not to wake Jesus up, but to complete the funeral. They knew he was dead. 
some say, well, in their grief, they probably went to the wrong tomb. Really? Have you ever buried anyone you loved? You never forget where they're buried. You can find it in your sleep. No, they went to the right tomb. If the women had gone to the wrong tomb, John and Peter would have taken particular delight in pointing that out. But this is where they'd put him. Now he was gone. The women got there. They had run out of time with the Sabbath, preparing Jesus for the burial. So they had to come back and finish it, only to realize now this is the first funeral canceled due to life. Jesus was gone. The women went back and told the disciples. John and Peter ran to the tomb to check it out. <laughs> and then they left again. Mary was by herself. And just to try to prove it to herself, to make sure she hadn't misread the moment, she stooped down and looked again into the tomb, and there were two figures in white. You ever been to the Middle East? There are a lot of colors. There's purple, there's blues, there's all kinds of beautiful, rich colors. There's no white. In biblical times, there wasn't the technology to make pure white. Anytime you see somebody in pure white, you know they're not from around here. But you saw the angels. Have you ever noticed that angels show up all the time in the Bible, and, and you would think, as smart as angels are, they don't provide much helpful information. Ever notice that most of the time an angel will show up, and the first question, the first thing they'll tell you is, don't be afraid. Too late. If I'm standing around and an angel appears in front of me, I'm already afraid. It's too late. And now they ask Mary, why are you crying? And you can almost see Mary looking at them and asking, how long do you have? How long do you have? They have arrested and murdered my best friend. They killed the man who changed my life. They took away from me the man that told me who I was, and I knew who I was when he was alive. I was his follower. I was his disciple. I was Mary who follows Jesus. Now he's gone, and I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know where I am. Why, are I, why am I crying? How much time do you have? We stand behind Mary at the tomb and we want our shot at the angels to ask us why we're crying. It's been a hard week. I've talked to too many friends who are having to make decisions about life care of loved ones. 
the doctors are asking us, one of my friends said. They don't give us much hope, another one said. Marriages are strained. We went through COVID, and honestly, now we don't like anybody. They said families were strained because we had to stay with each other 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah, that's part of it. But now we're just mad. We're mad at everybody. We're mad at the Democrats. We're mad at the Republicans. We're mad at the lady that charges us for our breakfast. We're mad at everybody. How much time do you have? I grew up in the Cold War. I grew up where we had nuclear attack drills in school. Did any of y'all have those? Right? In case of nuclear attack, here's what you're supposed to do. You go out and you line up against the walls in the hall. I'm to go to the hall if there's a nuclear attack. My friends and I talked about this later. The only thing we could figure out is it probably made us easier to sweep up after the nuclear attack. Now, we're as close to a nuclear war as we have been since the early 60s. The war in Ukraine is not going well for Putin, and the more desperate he gets, the more dangerous he gets. Why are we crying? How much time do you have? And then she noticed that somebody was there. She thought he was the gardener. We have this in common with Mary. For we have noticed a presence before in our life. We have noticed a nearness before in our life, but didn't recognize it. Didn't know about it. Now, I know, anytime you start talking about Jesus being with you all the time, you kind of roll your eyes and you say, well, I, I don't know what that means. Yes, you do. You may not be able to put words to it, but you do know what it means. You know that there's something more real than what you and I call reality. There is something deeper. There is something more true, even though you may not be able to name it. If I were to ask you, what is it that makes life worth living? You don't tell me about your physical body. You tell me about things like love, purpose, joy, hope. These are all spiritual realities. A dimension beyond what you and I can see and touch. And Christ moves in that dimension, a dimension that's more real to you than your own breath and your own life, closer than your own thoughts. 
and you may not have recognized me. Sometimes when you sit quietly and go back over your life, you're amazed at how lucky you were. You're surprised at all the coincidences in your life. You weren't lucky. That was Jesus. It wasn't a coincidence. That was Jesus. Now, you may not have recognized him. You may not have known who he was, but it was him just the same. And he called her by his name. The woman at the well, remember that story? The woman comes to fetch water in the middle of the day. She, Jesus is there waiting on her. They have the conversation, and she runs back into the little village to tell everybody, come see the man I have met. Remember what she said about him? He knows me. He knows everything about me. And when he called Mary by her name, she knew. This is the voice of somebody who knows me. This is the voice of the only person who really knows who I am. This is Jesus. Her response, Rabboni, my teacher. Now notice what has happened. The first, when she's asked, she says, you've taken my Lord, and I don't know where you put him. Now she responds, well, this is my teacher. This is my mentor. This is the man that I am following with my life. So let me ask you this question. What's it going to take for you to go from Lord Rabboni. What's it going to take from somebody, yes, that I recognize was a good guy, said some good things. You do know that Jesus never gave you that choice, right? It's C.S. Lewis who points out that all of us who say that, yes, we respect Jesus as a good teacher, Jesus never gave us that choice. Either he is who he says he is, the Son of God, or he's slimpy out of his mind. But nobody makes the claims that Jesus made without either being sane and true or totally disconnected from reality. He doesn't give you the choice to say he's just a good teacher. How do we go from Lord Rabboni, here is somebody who knows me. Here is somebody who loves me. Here is somebody who's going 
walk with me in a life that's worth living. You notice how fast she tries to grab him? <laughs> and Jesus says, nope, don't grab me. Can't do that. Have you ever noticed how fast we want to get back to normal? Ah, you're here. I'm going to hold you here. You're not going to leave me again. We're going to go right back to where it was. We're going to, you're going to walk around and teach. We're going to follow behind you. We're going to get back to the status quo as fast as we can. All of us since COVID, we want to get back to normal. No, we don't. Normal sucked. Do you remember that? Post-COVID was no Hollywood dreamland. It was awful. We don't want to go back to the way it was. We want a different future. We want a different way. How does it, how fast, what has to happen in your life for it to go from Lord to Rabboni? For you to say, this is the one I'll follow. conquered death. The tomb couldn't hold him. And now even though you may not recognize him, he's here. I tell you all the time, the good news is not that you can get to God, but that God and Jesus has come to you. I'm always tickled when people tell me I found Jesus. I remind them Jesus wasn't lost. Jesus finds you. What does it take to go from your Lord Lots of questions. Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And what does it take to go from Lord to Rabboni? Let's pray together. I'm not going to do anything to put you on the spot or embarrass you. I don't want to do that. But you know, I do want to give you a moment to think seriously about your life. Some of us are like Mary. We know something happened. We don't know what. We know someone is near. We don't know who. That's okay. We don't expect you to have it all worked out. That's why our ministers will be working, walking over to the Welcome Center. Walk out of here, turn left, you'll see it. They want to be there to answer your questions. They want to be there to pray with you so you can know this risen Christ for yourself. Perhaps it's time to become part of Brentwood Baptist Church. We'd love to get that process started, so you come. The good news is not that you can get to God, but that God in Christ Jesus has come to you. Here now. I pray this will be the time when you hear him call your name and your life like Mary's is forever changed. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now the decisions we make are exactly what you